You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. This is episode 10. This episode is dedicated to all you moms out there. Want to give you a big shout out and have a happy Mother's Day weekend. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, this is Kathy Dalton. Today we're tackling a really hard topic. It is wildlife poaching. And for those of you with sensitive children, or if you're a little bit sensitive yourself, you may want to skip this episode because we are talking about some kind of hard things. We don't go into any details. But if you've got little ears that would be sad about animals dying or being hurt, this probably isn't an episode for them. You can find the show notes at goadventuremom.com forward slash podcast. Welcome Janine Vaccarello to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Janine, will you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Alcatraz East Crime Museum, and that just opened in December in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We previously had the Crime Museum that was located in Washington, D.C., and that closed down. So this was a newer, better museum that we decided to pick a different location for it as Pigeon Forge. And uh, the museum is amazing. It's 25,000 square feet of information that our visitors can learn on the history of crime in our nation. We did stick to national versus international just because there's so much to cover just in this country. And then we review law enforcement, CSI, real CSI, not the TV show. We also look at the branches of law enforcement and what law enforcement goes through for training. We look at, and then we have a temporary exhibit area, which is what we're talking about today. Our temporary exhibit that is getting ready to launch, which is wildlife poaching. And so I've been doing this since late 2007, but I'm physically based in Orlando. But like I said, the museum is in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So I, um, I oversee other attraction properties, uh, this museum, as well as a handful of science centers. And we'll include in our show notes that the link to the Alcatraz East, as well as other ways that our listeners can connect and learn more. So before we dive into this topic of animal poaching, which is a much more serious topic, Will you share with our listeners where your favorite place to go and adventure is? Sure. I I actually love traveling. So picking a favorite is a little difficult, but I loved South Africa. That has been my favorite place to travel thus far, as far as I truly didn't want to leave. I felt very sad when I was leaving South Africa. I would go there over and over again if it wasn't so far. It's a very long flight. So I've only been there once. And when I went, I was there for a couple of weeks. And I just, I loved everything about the country. It's gorgeous landscape, the weather, 
Of course, you can see these animals that we're talking about today on this call, the people. It just, I really loved it. I also went to Peru, um, to Machu Picchu, and that was great for not only Machu Picchu was amazing, but for hiking too. I just, I really enjoyed that trip as well. Those are both places that I would love to go see. They sound just absolutely, I mean, so different. It's such a contrast between those two places. I picture Africa as, you know, kind of more desert and and Machu Picchu as, you know, jungle and, and rainforest. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate to, in South Africa, I really got to go explore a lot of the different areas. Um, I have a friend that lives there, so I stayed with her and, you know, her and her husband took me around to a lot of the local areas, too. And it just, it really is an amazing country. I think a lot of times people just have in their minds it's unsafe, so they don't even want to go there. But we didn't explore into Johannesburg at all, which apparently is, uh, you know, a lot of the unsafe areas are there. But um, we stayed to the center of uh, central and then south, and I just had an amazing time. You know, it's just some of the experiences that you get to do. And then I do, that country has a little bit of everything, you know, from, they, I, I, I was unaware. I mean, they do even have vineyards and have wineries there. So that was interesting to me. You could really, the landscape reminded me a lot of California as well as the weather. And then you get to just, you know, you can have some sea explorations and like I said, vineyards and the wineries to the safaris. So I definitely would put it on the top of your list to get to. So we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're we're going to kind of still talk about Africa because that kind of leads us into this next topic. And I'll be really honest, like this, this is something that is, you know, it's just very sad. And it's, it's been something that, you know, I've, spent a, a fair amount of time preparing for this interview today, but this is a hard topic. This is definitely a lot more serious than some of the other things that we talk about, but we feel that it's really important to to bring this to light. And I don't know if all of our listeners remember this, but in 2015, a Minnesota-based dentist, he paid $54,000 to go on a trophy hunt in Zimbabwe with a professional guide, and he unknowingly killed the beloved and iconic lion Cecil. And the images from that hunt, they went viral. And although the dentist's actions were not deemed illegal, the event really sparked this nationwide outcry and raised a lot of awareness about the plight of wilderness, including lions, tigers, and elephants. And since that incident, the public is increasingly committed to protecting wildlife and to put a stop to the trade of illegal wildlife poaching. Now, Janine, if you could maybe help us define the difference between hunting and poaching to begin with. Sure. Basically, the short of it is that one is legal and one is not. And then I'll dive into that a little bit more. But so hunting is, should be legal if done correctly. (laughs) So that would be that they filed the permit or they've gone, they've hired a guide to file the permit and that they've marked all their X's and, you know, dotted all the I's. 
obviously each area has different, you know, legalities, whether you're in this country or another country, you should explore what is legal and what isn't. Poaching is when it's done illegally. Um, so in the, in the case of this on Cecil, which it was, I mean, that, that really, if one good thing came out of that was the public awareness that that brought. Now, it was terrible what happened, but that case alone just made the public so aware of wildlife poaching and what is happening. And in this specific case, this is where it shows that, you know, ignorance isn't okay. And just because you think that you're doing the right thing, you might not be. And you really need to do your due diligence researching and knowing everything. And in this case, the dentist did think he did. So he got a lot of uh, negative publicity. I mean, he even had to shut down his dental practice for a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, I mean, he just got a lot of hate thrown at him. So for this specific issue, you know, everyone has their opinions on if you should do the large animal hunting or not, but that's irrelevant, right? Like that's not the issue at hand. We're discussing whether it's legal or not. So he hired a guide. So that guide should have done everything the right way. They lured the, or the guide lured Cecil out of that protective land that he was on. So then it, then it actually, the law becomes blurry where it, if you lure the animal to the unprotected land, almost making that hunt legal because they did have a permit. It's just Cecil was in a, conservation, but they lured him out. And that since that case, there's been other laws that have been put into place to make that illegal. But at the time, the dentist, you know, hired a guide. And that is what a lot of travelers would think that would be okay. So it's just really important. And this you know, especially with what your blog is and, and tying in traveling to to then wildlife poaching is really relevant and people are unaware of that. So it's not just, you know, people could be listening to this and say, well, I don't care because I'm not a hunter, so I would never even need to know the laws. But, but it extends to well, what are you buying when you are going on your vacations? You know, what when you go on adventures, are you purchasing some, you know, souvenirs? And what are those souvenirs made of? Do you know? Do you always ask? I mean, a lot of times people don't. And so they're unaware that it's trickling down into them purchasing items that are literally from the very thing that they might be against, but which is wildlife poaching. And, and creating that awareness, like you're saying, is, is so key, I think, to those of us that are in that, you know, the outdoor industry and the travel industry, that, you know, we have this opportunity to talk about souvenirs and purchasing souvenirs, but, but even this bigger picture of protecting wildlife and creating awareness around that. Right. 
obviously we want to create the awareness and then what we want is action to come from that. So, you know, what can people do? What can happen and how can we prevent it in the future? So, I mean, it's, you know, obviously this case with Cecil raised a lot of awareness and then we just want people to continue being passionate about it and continue to learn about what they can do to, to help, you know, prevent it. Janine shares what you can do to help protect wildlife when we return. The weather's warming up, but you need to make sure that you stay hydrated. Check out Teton Sports. They've got some great hydration packs that come in all sizes at tetonsports.com. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guest today is Janine, and we're talking about wildlife poaching. So talk to us Janine, a little bit about the the organization that you work with and what you're trying, what you're hoping to accomplish. Yeah, so what we did was we reached out every, every time we want to do a temporary exhibit, we start reaching out to people that that are experts in that subject matter in the community. And then we just uh, contacted them and and asked if they wanted to do this exhibit. So we asked, we had a lot of, of different companies come together that, you know, for various reasons that just wanted to, you know, give us information, give us artifacts, you know, stuff that they've confiscated, images that they have. Obviously, we're all in this for the same reason to bring awareness to it. So we had a lot of different organizations come together, Freeland Foundation, Interpol, Cashmere World, uh, the Department of U.S. Department of State and Fish and Wildlife Services. So there's, there was many organizations that took part in this. And basically, we just looked at, okay, obviously, this is one exhibit, you know, one temporary exhibit space. So how can we condense the information to have the biggest impact? This actually originally opened in the museum in Washington, D.C., and we worked on it for probably a year and a half or so before we opened it in D.C. And we just you know, felt like it was important, obviously, to talk about the animals that are impacted, what takes place, you know, what the poaching looks like, you know, how mean it is and violent it can be. And just really a big part of our exhibit was to show products made from the items that are poached. So you go to another country and you think that a necklace is pretty, when in fact that piece, a piece of the necklace is made with ivory. Well, a lot of times that ivory is from a poached elephant. So a lot of our exhibit really showcased, showcases the items that someone might purchase as a souvenir when they're traveling. So it's just obviously the goal, like I said, was to make people really think about, you know, what they're doing and and be educated and know what's going on and then actually doing their part. So if a visitor goes through our exhibit, they can not only learn about the negative impacts of wildlife poaching and how severe of an issue it is because, you know, just let's take elephants, for example. If 
the rate of poaching of elephants continues, we won't have any elephants in the next decade. I mean, that's horrible to think about. So they'll learn facts like that through our exhibit and then, you know, some call to action on what people could do to help. Obviously, the the easy part of what they could do to help is becoming informed and educated and sharing that information, whether it's using social media, telling friends, telling family members, you know, tweeting about it, you know, just getting the information out there to others. And then also on our webpage, we do have a page for this temporary exhibit. So guests could find it going to our homepage, alcatrezeast.com. On our homepage, they'll find temporary exhibit on the wildlife. And if you go to that page, we do have a donate button on there. And every week, we will rotate one of the agencies we worked with because they all obviously accept donations. So we'll rotate each week to a different, one of the different organizations that we worked with. So people could donate to this cause of, of wildlife poaching prevention and awareness. That's, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Janine. I I think this is a great topic to bring light to this, this very dark subject. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, I think that if everyone could just even start doing the hashtag protect our wildlife would be good. That would could start the awareness pretty easy. So hashtag protect our wildlife. And then another thing would be even if someone can't make it to the exhibit, just to share, you know, share the link to our temporary exhibit. So you never know someone may be traveling to that area that they know. So just keep spreading the word would be great. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Janine. Definitely a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate you taking the time to share what you guys are doing and that there are things that we can take action and, and even start doing today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us an iTunes review or a Stitcher review. Your review helps to get other parents outdoors and we want to get the word out there. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.